0: Today on the Made for More podcast, I'm very excited to have a lovely guest, Stacy Ashley. Stacy is a high performance leadership expert with over 30 years experience. Stacy has helped thousands to develop their leadership confidence, confidence and credibility. She is also the author of two books on leadership. She has won four international Stevie Awards including Coach of the Year in 2019, and in 2018 she was named in the Global LinkedIn Top voices. Uh, I'm so excited to unpack today's episode with Stacey. Jump straight in. We do talk about a few references, which you can get all of the show notes at madeformore.com.au forward slash 15 or 15. let Let's dive in. Welcome to the Made For More podcast. I'll be sharing my experiences along with some actionable advice to take your leadership to the next level. Introducing your host, it's me, Ali Nitschke. I'm a leadership and courageous conversations expert and a Nutella lover, a mother of four young boys, a wife and a dance floor junkie. I'm here to give you the motivation you need to level up, lead yourself, lead your team and your business. Let's go. Welcome to today's episode of the Made For More podcast. I am so excited to have a wonderful, wonderful coach uh, joining me today. I've got Stacey Ashley. Hello, Stacey. How are you? Oh, Ali, I am
1: super excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: No, I'm excited to have you here. Uh, We're recording this on a Friday and we're just saying uh, we're matching, which is pretty, pretty cute. And also how great it is to be a Friday. So Stacey, tell me a little bit around where you have come from and where you're going.
1: Sure. So I tell this story that I led my very first team on stage at the age of six, and I've been leading ever since. I had a big corporate leadership career and did lots of sort of change and transformation work in Australia and internationally. And I got to a point in my career, I always thought I wanted to be the CEO. And then I realized that actually there wasn't enough great leadership around me and I wasn't learning anything. And so I wanted to actually do something about that. And so that's what prompted me to actually go and set up my own practice about 15 years ago because I really wanted to, to be able to make a difference in terms of <clears throat> the practice of leadership, you know, because I think the world needs more leadership and I felt like I could make a contribution there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're making a contribution in a huge, huge way, but you're 100% right. And uh, I'm of the same belief, you know, leadership needs to have a far bigger impact. We need, you know, perhaps we need more leaders, but we also need better leaders. And I think if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that we need to be able to have leaders that are agile and can, you know, pivot and move with the change and transformation. So tell me a little bit more around, you know, the kind of leaders that you work with and what your style is when you're working with those leaders.
1: Mm. I guess what I would say is that the people that I really love to work with are those that have aspiration as leaders. It doesn't matter so much what level, although I do tend to to work primarily with really senior leaders. But they have an aspiration to be better as leaders, to make a difference in the world, and. And they're willing to learn and they're willing to put the effort in they don't just expect that things will get served up to them and so I think there's that but I think the other thing is that they all have heart you know they care about the impact Mm -hmm. that they have they care about the people that they work with and that's you know people in their tribe you know within their business but also their customers their community and so I think that for me because there's this scale in what we what we do and so my style I think is gosh that's a really good question I mean I can say I can say I can tell you what people say about me but yeah, how what would do I describe style? it style I think for me like I'm very practical I one of my strengths is to take something that's really complex and make it actually quite simple to understand and then to yeah. implement and so a lot of what we do is probably unpacking what's really going on here Mm -hmm. and turning it into practical action, you know, so that people have got a pathway forward because I think theory is great and I think we need to understand, you know, the the background and the academic importance and all of those sorts of things. But if we can't do anything about it, where does that take us? And so Mm -hmm. for me it's about giving people the opportunity to come up with pathways forward that work for them.
0: Yeah, I think that's so true, uh, you know, because we can exa- access information so easily these days. There is a lot of theory out there, but it does take that sort of unpacking of the concepts to figure out how it's going to fit on your own uh, leadership style for your leaders that you're working with and how it actually implement can be implemented and work for their teams, for their organization, work for their own personal circumstances and the style of leader that they want to be. So tell me a little bit around when you work with your leaders and you're unpacking what it is that they want to be doing and you're talking about, you know, stepping them stepping into that space. Can you unpack that a little bit more for me?
1: Yeah, I guess if I just sort of use the, the analogy that they often give me. So it's what I help people to do is to get out of the trenches, I guess, mm-hmm. where they're getting bombarded and sort of back to strategic HQ, where they've got the time and the space to think and to create and and to be strategic in terms of how they actually approach their leadership. So rather than getting caught up in the busyness and the urgency and the, the demands that are made on them to actually really make much more strategic choices about how do they invest themselves? Because every leader, as we know, is an incredibly valuable resource and asset both for themselves and their team and their you know their business and so they have to be much more conscious I think about how they invest themselves in the things that are going to make the biggest impact and so a lot of the work we do is actually figuring that out what is truly the important stuff yeah and how do they clear the way so they can get to it
0: yeah yeah Yeah, I think that's so, so true. And I'm sure the listeners can certainly relate to this because I know that I speak to a lot of leaders and they're like, I'm just so busy putting out fires. I can't, I can't come up for air to do the strategy. And uh, I'm like, well, you know, that's kind of how you stop the fires is by coming up for air to do the strategy stuff. And I'm sure that you would come across the same types of things. So what would be, I guess, one of the first things that you that leaders need to work on or recognise within themselves, what are some of the red flags for when they are going, oh, actually, I do need some help here?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it is the basics. So that whole I'm too busy I'm like, I'm firefighting, super reactive, um, don't, you know, recognize they don't have enough time to spend with their people. They don't have any thinking time. They're only like just making deadlines. And that's because they're really pushing hard to do it or they're not quite making deadlines. All of those things, I think, red flags. And it's not, they're not performing and it's not that they're not um, putting in super effort. Yeah. There's just a better way of being able to do it so that they actually get to focus on the things that are, in fact, their role, their contribution in terms of their leadership, rather than kind of jumping into everything. Yeah. You know, they've got to typically, if I'm talking about a leader of a team, there are other people who have responsibilities in that bigger portfolio and they need to be developed so they're able to cope. and and manage all of those portfolio responsibilities instead of continuing to go, hey, have you got a minute? Could you just come and help Mm. me with this? Mm. So we need to kind of raise that expectation. I think that's part of it and have really clear expectations between this is my role and this is how I do it and stay in my lane and this is your role and I'm going to help you develop so that you can do that and stay in your lane and then we're all going to be much more organised, much more efficient and focusing on the things where we make a contribution.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic! I love that, and I think you know you've got so many so many gold nuggets in that around you know pushing back on the responsibility or I guess the autonomy, giving your team the autonomy to actually uh, take responsibility for their own portfolios, take responsibility for their own thing. And I know that actually I was just speaking about this yesterday. That old open door policy, mm-hmm. and whilst it's admirable, it's actually not that productive when it comes to leading people because everyone wants just a minute. And uh, the best thing that we can do is start empowering our people. So. Something that you are quite passionate about, and one of your areas of expertise is around. Well, you tell me around training leaders to actually be coaching coaches or incorporating coaching type styles and conversations hmm. with the, with their people. So, can you talk to me a little bit around you know what that is? What is it when a leader within an organization is a coach, and then we'll move on to how you've, you've uh, implemented that in real life?
1: Sure. So, coaching. I how I describe it is that. Leaders can have a coaching approach. So it's not the idea of executive coaching necessarily where we sit down for an hour and we have a coaching conversation, which is incredibly valuable. But how many leaders can sit down for an hour with every person in their team and do that on a regular basis? So I think that the opportunity for leaders is in the coaching moment. You know, when someone comes to them and they they do say, have you got a minute? So rather than saying, yes, I've got a minute and then proceeding to actually explain how to do everything and this is the story and share all your wisdom, which does have value at times, it's actually coaching them through it. So asking them questions that allow them to solve the problem or find the way forward themselves. So it's a learning opportunity that you're Mm -hmm. creating. And the other thing is that the conversations are typically shorter. And the third thing I think that is so valuable is that it means that the, the leader themselves, when they're using a coaching approach, does not have to be the expert of everything. They don't need yeah. to know the answer of everything. Yeah, They need to know how to draw the information out of the people around them because everybody, you know, around, around you as a leader has ideas and experiences and skills and strengths. And so as a leader, if you can... Draw that out using that coaching approach, then they are much better equipped to to do their roles and to deliver on their accountabilities. And you're freed up to be yep. the expert of what you're the expert of in leadership.
0: Yeah. And isn't that a sigh of relief, you know, for leaders not to have to know everything? And I think that this is a trap for new players is that more often than not, people will be promoted because they're, you know, they know something, they're the expert in their field or they're the expert mm. at that particular task. And then all of a sudden they move into, I guess, a bigger team or a new role or something that's even more strategic and they don't know everything, but they feel like they need to. And you forget that you're surrounded by all of these other people that can help fill that, those puzzle pieces for what it is that you perhaps don't need to know. And I guess one of the other things that when we start you know, using coaching within within teams is we're actually building the capability of our team as well, because they actually start learning rather than you always being the answer giver give a (laughs) rest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. And not only do they develop in terms of being able to, to, you know, solve that problem, that sort of thing. But by sort of by osmosis, they learn some coaching approaches as well, they learn some great questioning, because they're seeing it, you know, and, and on the other end of it, they learn a little bit more about how to listen, you know, more effectively. And so we're sort of giving them two, two opportunities for learning. One is about actually their, their field of expertise, and how to actually use it and apply it. But the second one is that we're very sneakily exposing them to the coaching process. So they're, kind of taking that on board as well.
0: Yeah. Do you have a favorite uh, coaching question or self-coaching question that you go to?
1: I wouldn't say a favorite because there's so many great ones, but one of the ones that I share with my leaders is that they, they say things like, oh, but it's really hard when I'm trying to coach someone and they'll say to me, yeah, but it's not really my job
0: or oh, you know, something yes. like that yeah. and so
1: I, I give them this question to use which is to then come back instead of going look I know it's not your job and kind of giving permission for people to stay in that space is to actually just ask them a question really simple one which is how can you help ah good and yeah. just kind of drawing them into the conversation that way rather than having yeah. the debate on whose job it is let's just kind of go there yeah. and that's one and then the other one I think is when we sort of start sometimes start to use a bit of a coaching approach as a leader, it might be a bit of a surprise to the people around us. So we've kind of got to take them on the journey. And so <laughs> to begin with, you might get some responses that are kind of like, I don't know. Yes. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how to do
0: it, that kind of yeah. thing. And so yeah.
1: flipping it around and saying, you know, that's okay, but what do you know Yeah, you use here? Yeah. You know, and so just really gently yeah. introducing some of those kind of questions that just open up the space a little bit more for people to you know just to invite them into the conversation a little bit more
0: yeah, and I think that real thought pattern interrupter is absolute classic when it comes to coaching because people go, "Oh, actually, what is it that I do know?" Like, hang on mm-hmm. a minute, I do know a few things. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't know. I just don't know this exact thing. What yeah. I do, what, what do I know? And start looking at it from a different perspective. I think that that's their two really, really great ones. Many, many years ago, and we talked about this just before I hit record. I used to work in banking and finance, and uh, I was quite a bit younger then, and uh, had a manager come in to the team. And he was like from another organization and he came in and, you know, had, had these problems. Hey, have you got a minute? And he just goes, don't come to me with your problems, come to me with your solutions. And I was like, oh, that's a bit rude, you know, and it kept happening. And eventually he's like, I will absolutely help you with your solutions, but you need to kind of, you know, do a bit of the thought process yourself. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was, you know, young and and easily influenced, but it has had such a profound impact on the way that I problem solve. And it gave Mm -hmm. me the permission to actually go and find the answers myself, which was really, really helpful in those, in those early days of my leadership journey. I was like, okay, I need to actually go (laughs) and find my own answers. Oh my goodness. So you've got a similar story around uh, banking and finance, the sector there. Tell me a little bit around where you've implemented or, you know, where they've, where an organization's actually recognized the need to uh, upskill their leaders around coaching and how that went.
1: Yeah, so this is a this is one of my favorite stories, Ali. So again, a few years ago, I was asked to come in and actually do some coaching development with a group of quality coaches in a call center in, in not a top tier bank, kind of middle tier bank, I guess. And the concept was from the leaders, hey, look, we don't need any of this, but we feel like there's a real opportunity in the call centre to improve the way that we're doing coaching. And so we went on a 12-month learning journey and and these young coaches, because they were all, I don't know, maybe mid-20s, super um, smart, knew the call centre, knew that space really, really well. And their job was to bring out the best from all of the reps in the call centre, and so they kind of jumped into this program and were super willing to learn, which was wonderful. And so the result just of that process was that the the coaching in the call centre, the, the big advantage before we began was, or the big benefit that the reps saw was, if I go to coaching, I get an hour off the phone. Like that was the well. bonus. That was, that was it. <laughs> um, and so then we kind of... As, the, as those quality coaches really learned what coaching was and how to approach it differently, it turned it around into an opportunity. So rather than it being, so welcome to your coaching session, have a look at your numbers. As you can see, you need to improve this one, this one, and this one by next week, and you should do it this way, which is a very telling, direct yeah. kind of approach, not yeah. really what I would call coaching. With a bit of education, what happened was that coaching conversation changed to have a look at your your numbers to each rep. Have a look at your numbers from last week. What do you notice? What yeah. would you like to focus on? And what would you like to do about that? Yeah. What's the goal you set? So the ownership completely moves across from the coach to the person being coached. Yeah. And as a result, because of that accountability and because people got to choose what to focus on, the numbers went in the right direction. really really fast
0: it's amazing isn't
1: it it's amazing and so so much so that weekly coaching sessions weren't required anymore we went to fortnightly coaching sessions and then even that was a bit too much because everyone was performing really well and so they said well okay we've got all these people that are really performing as we know in call centers retention is a big challenge yeah and so they alternated the call center coaching with career coaching so that they could actually retain the people and career path them into the rest of the organization and retain all that wonderful kind of customer experience knowledge and that sort of thing so that was a a huge win but for me kind of the icing on the cake was about we did a 12-month program and then about i don't know three to six months after that the very senior people in the organization, the exec team, actually approached the quality coaching team and asked them to give them executive coaching.
0: How good is that? And I think uh, it's, it's just, so noble of the execs as well to be like, you know, we actually need to upskill ourselves in this. Yes. We need we need a bit of coaching. Yes. Sorry, carry on.
1: Oh, it's just, I was going to say, I've got goosebumps. I get goosebumps every time I tell that story. But you're right. They recognised the impact that it was having and they were like, actually, you know what? We need to honour that and we need to actually
0: take action on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fantastic. I love that story. And as I mentioned, I've got a, bank, a background in banking and finance. So anything banking or finance related is you know, pretty close to my heart. I still hold on to that. So tell me a little bit around what were some of the things that the, the quality coaches had to unlearn before they could relearn coaching, mm. uh, air quotes, the right way?
1: Yeah, this is, and it's not exclusive to this group. This is what I find when, I, when I'm teaching people to coach a lot. Yeah. There, there's a couple of things. One is the desire to help. Yeah. Typically manifests as a, I'm going to tell you how to do something, mm. and so what it's about kind of reframing it for yourself to go. I'm still helping, but I'm doing it in a different way. So instead of yep. telling, I'm going to ask, uh-huh. um, and it is a new skill set because most people are really good at mentoring. They can share <laughs> their story, they can tell people how to do things, yeah. um, and so it comes much more naturally. Whereas I think the coaching approach takes a little bit more focus and kind of conscious skill acquisition and yeah. application so so that would be one of the big ones and then I think the other one is probably
0: simple as it sounds just elevating the listening oh that's so good <laughs> and so true have you got any tips for anyone that needs to elevate their listening
1: um yeah <laughs> I, I think. Do it. <laughs> Yeah, just do what is the first one. <laughs> Practice makes perfect. I, I think that it's such a hard thing to do. So be conscious of it, that's the very first yeah. thing. How well am I listening? Mm. What am I hearing? What am I noticing? And when you have that urge to speak, actually don't. Mm. Wait a little bit longer to see if anything else is going to be shared with you. Yep. So I sort of resist the first urge to jump in and say something.
0: Yeah. And I think there's, I don't know who said this, but it was the listen to understand rather than listen to respond. And when you start, you know, thinking of it that way, it gives you a really different interpretation of what's being said as well, isn't it? And I think it's so true as leaders, we always try and jump in and save our people and problem solve. And that's probably why leaders are in the position that they are, because they're very proactive in problem solving. Mm -hmm. However, to be effective as a leader that's also coaching, you actually need to, yeah, push pause on uh, all of that jumping in and and let your people figure it out for the, for themselves. I think that that's an amazing an amazing outcome, and for for the those quality coaches to be able to turn turn their own learning around and turn the results around, and then also have the exec team to recognize that is absolutely incredible. The power of uh, having coaching within your leadership team is so, so powerful for organisations. So before we finish off, we've got a few things to talk about as well. What would be your top five tips to leaders, upcoming leaders, existing mm. leaders?
1: Yeah, I, I, of- I did give this a bit of thought and it was really hard to narrow it down to five. <laughs> Just five, I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I think number one is first lead yourself. So why would I follow you if you are not actually sort of stepping up as a leader and that can be everything from self-care to decision making to being organized but you know all those things that are you being a leader and like it starts here before you know you really should expect that others might choose to follow you yep. so that's number 1 number 2 i think is really around the concept of the practice of leadership and that's about learning mm-hmm. like You need to continue to learn and apply and experiment and and continue to elevate your own practice of leadership so that you've always got something to offer the people that you serve. Yeah. Third, I think, is that all leaders have a responsibility to create more leaders. Absolutely. And so that is, you know, mentoring, modelling, coaching every day. Yeah. Number four and not everyone in the leadership space would necessarily agree with me, particularly perhaps if we look, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, but I think now it, and this year in particular, it's become really important is that
0: you need to use your heart. Oh, yes. I love this. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in, you know, being kind and having empathy. And I think you're right. This year has certainly shone a lot on that. The wonderful work that Brené Brown is showcasing around the world. But yes, use your heart. I love that.
1: And then the, the fifth one, I think, is is enjoy the ride.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: You know, if, if you're not enjoying it, it limits your ability to do a great job, but where's your joy in life and where does your happiness come from and all that? We spend a lot of time at work. so So enjoy the ride. And if you're not, do something about that. You know, and change I, the way that you're doing it or go and do just something else, but but don't just endure it. I think yeah. you need to enjoy the ride.
0: And I think that that is also a trap for new players as well is, you know, the the adage of, you know, work harder and, you know, you've got to be the last person to leave and the first person in and you've got to be tough. You know, absolutely that is not the, not the case as mm. leaders. You can have a really good time and be an awesome leader at the same time as well. Yeah. So interestingly, your first tip was first lead yourself which I loved. So tell me a little bit around uh, the concept of first lead yourself and you have got a something special to talk about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so when I talk about leadership, I talk about it in uh, that we have three sort of foundation dimensions of leadership. First lead yourself, then lead your tribe and lead your world. And they're the three core dimensions that we need to focus on all of those aspects in in order to actually show up and be a leader, you know, to know leadership, be leadership, show leadership. And so the first one of those, the foundation of the foundations is first lead yourself. And yeah. I think that is about really, again, three, three things. Face up to yourself as a leader. What are you great at? What are you not great at? What's working? What's not working? So just hold the mirror up and have a good look. Yeah. The second part of that is to show up. So with your strengths, with what you know, with your, with your experiences so far, actually make sure that you bring that every day. Yeah. And then the, the third thing is to step up, and that's about acknowledging that as leaders we all need to grow, we need to keep developing, we need to keep learning, we need to keep trying things out and keep the things that work for us. And so it's an ongoing journey so that our, our leadership is, is an evolution that, that really never stops. And so First Lead Yourself is actually about taking the responsibility for all of those things. mm mm-hmm in the knowledge that even if I'm I'm leading and all I'm doing is leading myself. Maybe I don't have a team, maybe I don't have a portfolio, maybe it's just me, but I can still first lead myself and be mm-hmm. someone that others can look to and learn from and admire and want to emulate. Yeah. Because you know we do all of those things. We 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 look at you know ourselves we we check in we you know and and we make the commitment to learn and grow on an ongoing basis so that whatever it is that we do really well we can do it at the best of our potential and so first lead yourself is yeah about making that commitment I think yeah. and and choosing to be a leader that if I was looking for a leader I would actually choose to follow myself. Ah, follow yourself. That's great. I haven't heard of that before.
0: Mm. That's good.
1: Yeah. And so, and so with that in mind, yes, my new book uh, is
0: called First Lead Yourself and it's coming out very soon. Congratulations. So we're talking a little bit about this before uh, I hit record and, you know, at Made for More, we're big goal getters here. So you have got a goal for your book that's coming out.
1: Yeah. So my first book was an Amazon number one bestseller and I would like for this one also to be an Amazon number one bestseller. So that's my, that's my big, well, it's one of my big goals. My big goal of course is actually for people to, to read the book and learn from it and be able to apply it. That's my big goal, you know, to, to elevate, to elevate leadership. Yeah. Um, But getting Amazon bestseller, yeah, that would be a nice tick in the box as well.
0: Fantastic. So I'll have some links on the show notes of how people can actually download your book. And part of, you know, being a great leader is that continual learning and, you know, coming up with new ideas and looking and reading other people's ideas, you know, take what you need, leave what you don't. And, you know, just always on that continual, continual journey of self-discovery and what works for you. So we'll put in some some links to boost your Amazon bestseller. And that is on Sunday, the 1st at 7pm Sydney time, jump online. Um, You can check out all of Stacey's uh, social links to be able to get there And sorry, get the link to be able to get into that hot window. Any parting words, Stacey?
1: Gosh, no, I think, I think my parting word um, is probably about, for me, leadership is not about holding a role. Mm. It's not about a title. Mm-hmm. And you can be a leader of self, of team, a thought leader, a portfolio leader, but I think we all have a responsibility to first lead yourself.
0: Oh, I love it. I've absolutely loved having you on the show today. Thank you so much for your time.
1: My great pleasure, Ali. It's been a real joy this morning.
0: Wonderful. Catch you soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode on the Made For More podcast, please make sure you subscribe to receive future episodes. And of course, five-star reviews are always welcome on the Apple podcast. If you'd like a copy of the show notes or any of the links mentioned today, check out madeformore.com.au forward slash podcast. And of course, if we aren't connected already, you can find me in all the usual places. Ali Nitschke on LinkedIn, ali.madeformore on Facebook and Instagram. I hope you have an awesome week and I'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye.